Hello, and welcome to Travel Loving Moms Podcast, where you will hear from moms who travel with their kids around the world or just around the U.S. They will share their wisdom, encouragement, and tips for those of you that dream of traveling with your kids. I'm your host, Penny, and I'm delighted to introduce you to my guest today. She is a mom to two little girls ages six and five. Her and her family are from Minnesota, but now live in Ireland, where her husband took a job. She has done three study abroad trips, one of which was in China, where she met her husband. They have traveled to 36 countries before kids and 18 countries with the girls just in the last 15 months since moving to Ireland. She has a love for art and shares that love with her girls. She's done some solo trips with her girls, which we will hear more about in a bit. And she has a story of an anniversary trip that was unforgettable, which includes food poisoning that I'm sure we are never going to forget either. More about that later. You can find her on Instagram at Jules Family Travel, which I'll link below in the show notes. So now I'd like to welcome my guest, Jay. Thank you so much for having me as your guest today. It's always fun to talk about family traveling, and it's definitely one of my favorite subjects. Can you tell us about that transition to Ireland and how it affected your girls? Yeah, we uh, we had the opportunity, as you mentioned, to move to Ireland through my husband's work. He accepted an international rotation, and we've been here 15 months now, and we have absolutely loved living in Ireland. Um, first off, the people are incredible. Um, if you know anything about Irish people, they love to talk. They have the gift of gab, as they say, and they just they always want to visit with you. They want to make sure that you're comfortable. They want to do whatever they can to help. So the people have just been unbelievable in Ireland, and we've loved having our Irish friends as resources. And then secondly, if, if anyone, any of your listeners have traveled to Ireland, or if you've had the chance, it's abundantly obvious. Uh, Ireland is a country of in amazing beauty. It's just absolutely breathtaking. Um, so there's so many great places to explore within Ireland and so many sites to see. A lot of people call it kind of the island of 50 shades of green. Um, and it's definitely that, but it's cliffs and seas and peat bogs and enchanted forests. And it's mm-hmm. honestly just a delight to the senses. 18 countries in 15 yeah. months. What's that like? Similarities to traveling within continental U.S. to kind of what we're doing throughout Europe, one of the huge advantages that we have uh, living in Dublin area is Ryanair, and people love to hate Ryanair. Um, It's a budget airline, but they're based in Dublin, and because of that, they have an extremely well-connected flight system throughout all of Europe, So, and it's incredibly cheap. So, for instance, I'm actually looking at a possible trip with just my girls and we can fly over to Milan for under 200 euro for the three of us. I mean, that's Mm. cheaper than it would be for me to fly from Minneapolis to Chicago with three tickets. So it's really accessible to kind of go throughout Europe. So we've been taking advantage of that and just traveling as much as we possibly can. There's, there's complexities of sort, of course, because you're in a different country. Sometimes you're dealing with a different language you are a lot of times are going through customs before and after. So that adds a little bit of, you know, hassle sometimes with the customs piece, not the different languages um, getting here and there. But it's it's kind of it's I do kind of assimilate it to traveling throughout the states from state to state. And in some ways, it's easier and cheaper than it would be in the U.S. So 
we've been loving having that opportunity. So what's customs like? And have you ever found it more difficult going to one place than maybe somewhere else? Um, we found our travels really relatively easy. Um, most of the places that we've gone to have been within the EU. Um, that's not, we haven't only gone to places within the EU, but it does make travel kind of between countries easier. Um, it's pretty straightforward. Um, you're pretty much waiting in a line. And if you have a U.S. passport, you're usually in the non-EU line, which we always joke about because a lot of times those lines are a little bit longer, just kind of take a little bit longer to get through. Um, but for the most part, it's pretty straightforward and easy. Um, and my girls have been traveling so much now that they kind of know the drill, especially when we get back to Dublin. We we sit in the back of the plane and they um, deplane in the front and in the back and we rush off the plane as fast as we can and we sprint through the airport as fast as we can to get in line as quickly as possible into that non-EU line so we can get through and get home. And usually we're taking these very late flight back so everyone's tired and ready to be home. But I mean, it's really, it's pretty straightforward. What are some countries that you've been to with the girls? Yeah, in the last month we've been to Switzerland. We did a nine day or nine night kind of tour of Switzerland, which was incredible. And Switzerland is another country where just every turn is incredible natural beauty. Um, we actually traveled on the train system throughout the entirety of the trip, and the Swiss are known for their efficiency and their um, very well-connected train system. So we just had a blast, and the girls loved exploring the whole country by train. Um, so that was we just got back from that trip last week, and it was fantastic. Um, a week before that, we were in Holland uh, at Kuchenhof, um, Amsterdam, the Netherlands are known for their tulips. So we try to go in the spring to experience the beauty of the spring tulips in Kuchenhof Gardens. And they have over 7 million bulbs. So if you're into tulips, that's kind of the place to go. And of course, you have those amazing pictures of the tulip fields that you can sometimes get a chance to go into. So we were there. Um, we've been to Germany. We've been to Rome. We've been to Paris. We've been to Copenhagen. We've been, we've, we've actually traveled throughout most of all of Great Britain. So we've done England, Scotland, Wales, you name it. We've done actually just quite a few different countries and we find something special in each one and we always have a blast now out of all of those what is your favorite oh my gosh it's so funny people ask me that all the time and I like different places for different reasons um mm -hmm. and also sometimes weather comes into it too so I was in Paris 20 years ago with my mom um she took me when I was still in high school, actually, and we just had this amazing mother-daughter trip, but we, I, neither of us really liked Paris. We just kind of, I don't know, the weather wasn't great. That was way before the Euro. We had trouble exchanging money. We felt like people weren't particularly nice to us. It was just, we had like a little bit of a bad taste in our mouth about Paris. I just went back in um, October. It was my oldest daughter got to pick where she wanted to go for her sixth birthday and she picked Paris so we went back the weather was incredible the people were so warm and friendly we had just the most amazing time and it was it was all around just great um, so it's kind of funny how sometimes just the people that you encounter the, the weather that you have can kind of color your perspective on a place but mm -hmm. I mean now I have a totally different mindset around Paris I love it and I've always loved Rome so Rome's always a favorite and Italy in general traveling with kids in Italy 
it's it's honestly one of probably the most easy places I've encountered to travel with kids. Italian people are famous for their love of families and of kids. And my last time in Italy, it was just my girls and I. There were so many people that went out of their way to help us, whether it was like helping chase down a bus we needed to take or getting us through a line really quick at a museum, um, just giving little special treats to the girls, whether it was gelato or one of the little leather bracelets at the market. And it was just an amazing place to travel with kids. So I always tell people if you're, if you're a family and you're looking for a European destination to kind of start out with, Italy is a really amazing country to do that in. And I also think Ireland's amazing too. So I have a little bit of a bias there, but I mean, Italy, Ireland, they're great places to start European travels um, for families with kids. I find it kind of funny that a six-year-old picked Paris. You know, I think of my daughter, you know, I have an eight-year-old little girl, and I think of her, like, if I said, where do you want to go for your ninth birthday? She would probably say, like, the zoo or Six Flags, but not Paris. Yeah. So, I, that just tickled me that you know, that that would be like my pick. Where do you want to go? Mm, let's see, Ireland or you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And I love that. We might be getting ourselves into a little bit of trouble here because we kind of started out when we moved over here. We said, okay, everyone gets to pick a place they want to go for their birthday, and we are traveling all the time, so it's kind of just natural to have a special birthday trip. So last year, my youngest for her fourth birthday pick the tulips in Holland so we went to Holland and Kuchenhof and we also did Brussels and that was a great trip and then um, my oldest like I said picked Paris and she's always been intrigued with the Eiffel Tower and um, she loves art she's my art lover so we did a lot of different museums the Louvre and the Orsay and we just had a great time so now now we've got my youngest who just turned five she picked Switzerland so we we're just in Switzerland for her birthday and now my oldest will turn seven in October. She picked Greece. So we're going on a sailboat for seven nights going around the Greek islands. But my friends oh. always say, um, when you move back to the States, you may have a bit of a problem because like going to McDonald's for your birthday party isn't going to be quite as nice as Paris. <laughs> Out of all of those, what would be the one place that you would not go back to? Oh, gosh, good question. Honestly, there aren't any places where we've been where I would say I would never go back to a specific country we've been to, in certain cities that I'd say you know been there done that I don't really need to go back one of those actually really recently was in Switzerland um, St. Moritz it's just known as this kind of like playground for the life and the rich and famous this kind of lifestyle I don't know oh. we were there off season there really weren't many people there skiing season had ended summer travel hadn't started and I just kind of failed to see the appeal amongst broader Switzerland. So I wouldn't go back there. Um, I would definitely go back to Switzerland, though. It's an amazing country. There really aren't any countries I'd say I wouldn't go back to. It's just hard to travel to another place that you've already been when there's so many amazing places to go to. Um, right. But as for like a place that we maybe wouldn't feel as comfortable going to with kids, I don't know that we really have any. Um, I think all places could have dangerous aspects about them and all places can also be safe it's just a matter of being aware of your surroundings and 
you know, being as careful as you can be, things can happen really anywhere. So I don't really have fears about visiting specific countries or places in general. How do you plan out your travels as far as like uh, the areas that you go to and what y'all do with your kids? Yeah, good question. Um, I think it's just a lot of research. Um, In terms of places that we're staying, I read a lot of reviews. I kind of look to see what's in the area. I try to get recommendations from other people that have traveled to those locations. Um, And those, those, that kind of, I don't know, research gives me a little bit more confidence in the area that we're staying. But it's, it's actually a really good learning opportunity for kids to be aware of surroundings. And there was, um, I took my oldest daughter to London, just her and I a while back. And we kind of got down a road. And I mean, London, it's a huge city. There's areas of the city that probably aren't very safe. There's plenty of areas that are safe, like any large city. And we kind of got down a road that was dark and there weren't many people. And you know how you just kind of have that feeling like this doesn't feel great. And it was a great time to say to my oldest, like, you know, we're this isn't really the greatest place to be. Do you kind of feel that it's a little dark and maybe we shouldn't really be here? You know, we want to keep ourselves safe. So like, let's be aware of what's going on and let's just move ourselves onto a street that's a little bit more well lit and more people. But it was a good opportunity to kind of have that conversation and if we don't help educate our kids about those sorts of things and they grow up maybe more naive about, you know, being safe in the world, I guess. That's what's amazing about traveling in general. There's just so many opportunities to have conversations with your kids, whether it's cultural sensitivity, being a global citizen, um, and even just the lessons these children learn from traveling about resilience and being patient and, not getting too stuck in a routine and going with the flow. So, I mean, travel just has so many wonderful um, outcomes for children, I think. Now, have your children ever had any culture shock? Not extremely. Every now and then we get to a place where the food isn't just what they're expecting. And, you know, I have children that are five and six, so kids will be kids. It's kind of wherever we go, it could be a matter of, They don't want to eat the meal that's set down in front of them. Now, whether that's culture shock or they're just tired or they wanted macaroni and cheese and the restaurant didn't have that, you're always going to deal with that sort of thing with kids. But on the whole, no. And I actually find children are much more um, adaptable than I think most adults actually are. We've had Mm -hmm. so many occasions where the children... We need to take a little break. So we're sitting at a fountain and they meet a friend that's, you know, we might be in London and they meet a little girl from Italy and they don't speak the same language, but they're running and they're playing together and they're learning from each other. And, or we go to a park in Barcelona and you just look around and you realize like all kids are the same in many ways. They all love to play in the dirt and let loose and have fun. And it's those things I think as a, citizen of the world we need to think about what brings us together and how we are more similar than how we are different and the lessons that we can teach our kids actually I should say that lessons that our kids teach us about that are just Mm. so important my daughter would not know what to do if I went somewhere and they didn't have chicken nuggets is there a um, a website that you use to plan everything out or is there a a certain way that you plan your trips out or do y'all just kind of go oh we're going here and you figure it out along the way. And do you stay in Airbnbs? Yep. Good questions. Um, so we pretty much have locations that are on our wish list or bucket list, if you will, that we really want to go to. Um, 
of course, there's so many places and we're always being exposed to new um, sites and places that we never really knew about. So, of course, that list just grows and grows. But um, once we kind of identify where we want to go, then, yep, I do a lot of research. I usually look on Pinterest a lot to kind of access some of those bloggers that are doing kind of like three-day itinerary in Barcelona with kids. I found Pinterest to actually be really good for some of those aspects. Um, I do use Instagram just to kind of look at pictures for a place and see what like the top sites are, if you will. Uh, We definitely do Airbnb and VRBO type lodging. Um, I usually look at that site and I search like various hotels, usually through Google Maps or Travelocity or those sorts of sites. Um, But for me, it kind of comes down to a a combination of what's in the right price ballpark that we're looking for, where the where the property is located in terms of is it close to public transportation because I with especially with young kids it's hard to be in a place where you know you're going to be walking an extreme amount just to get to the main site so try to be centrally located or close to public transportation Um, and then really looking at reviews to make sure it's a place that will kind of at least we know what we're getting into it will meet our expectations if you will one of my favorite stories about uh, Airbnb was when we were in Rome. We stayed at a place that was overlooking the Trevi Fountain. I mean, you could like take a Euro coin and throw it into the Trevi Fountain from above. It was an incredible location. And we get in and my youngest daughter looks, she, we walk over to the window and she looks down and she's like, best hotel ever. <laughs> And I look at her and I'm thinking, well, it's not a hotel, but glad you like it. But you have this ability to access really amazing properties sometimes that you just wouldn't get if you were staying in a traditional hotel. And then if you have a larger family or if you just even if you have a smaller family, but you want a little more space to stretch out, it can really be an economical and great way to travel. I don't homeschool. Um, You would think I would, but the amount that we travel, we travel a lot. Um, but my children do actually go to an international school here in Ireland. And so they have kind of that traditional schooling environment. Um, however, I do, so I'm not a world schooler or a homeschooler, but I kind of do approach our travels probably somewhat similar as I would think kind of world traveler or world schoolers would. I'm super passionate about doing a lot of education and research before we go on each trip. I just find that when the girls have a little bit of knowledge around where we're going and what we're going to be seeing, they are more engaged and they definitely retain a lot more. And it's just so fascinating to see kind of what they come up with on the trip and what they learn about. So we do a lot of reading um, about whatever country we're visiting before we go. The girls have this uh, Lonely Planet kids book that basically has one page per every country in the world. So we kind of start there as an overview of where we're going. And it gives some fun facts and figures about the country, but it kind of gets them engaged and ready to learn more. And then we kind of proceed on to like more in-depth country-specific guides. And there are lots of different country guides out there. If you go on Amazon and you search like Rome Kids Guide or spain kids guide you'll see all sorts of 
different things. We've we've really liked the flying kids, and this is not an advertisement for them of any sort. I just happen to have a lot of them, um, and the girls have responded really well to them. Uh, so we we do a lot with that particular brand. But then we'll kind of read through, and if we're going to a country that speaks another language, we always try to go on YouTube and hear. Um, please, thank you, excuse me, and like one through 10, kind of hear that language spoken and try to practice it. I think it's really important to try your hardest to speak the native language. And of course, everyone knows you probably aren't fluent in it and you probably don't know much more than those three words, but I think showing that you're making an effort is so important, uh, especially to show your kids that it's important to make an effort and be culturally sensitive is really important too so we try to learn some of the natural or some of the native language um and then we also kind of we'll we'll do projects kind of associated with where we're going so for instance when we went to barcelona we did a lot of research on gaudi and we were reading all of these books about him and of course he's probably the most prominent architect within barcelona so then we did a mosaic project where we found these rocks and we had all these gems and we put them on a rock kind of like a mosaic and then when we got to Barcelona and they saw Gaudi's work in person they just had such a um, immediate connection to what we had been learning what we had actually done in terms of art and um, the experience was just so much more enhanced for them so we try to do a lot of this kind of educational research even hands-on learning before we go somewhere and I found that to be a really good way to go about it. And can you imagine when your kids come back to the States and they start telling people about all this stuff and the kids over here are like, what in the world is she talking about? Oh yeah. <laughs> I think there is a part of that. The other day, my oldest daughter was playing. She has all these kind of horse figurines. She loves playing with horses and she had a group of horses that were kind of in one section on this kind of like box and then she had another group of horses on another section on this other box. And I was saying, oh, what's, you know, what's happening here? Tell me about this. Oh, well, these horses are on the Titanic and these horses are on the Carpathian. They're being saved. Well, the Carpathian was the ship that answered the SOS call for the Titanic. And I'm thinking, well, hey, that's great. You picked something up from the Titanic Museum we just went to. So it's really interesting to see kind of how what they learn transpires into how they play and how they think and and their imaginations. I would like for you to tell us your little story about your anniversary trip. Oh my gosh. Yeah, well you had you had such a nice list of questions and of course one was kind of this like horror, what was a kind of a horror and I was thinking we haven't had many really bad experiences, but that trip was certainly one we'll remember. Um we were actually just we were looking for something close to home, I'll say, in terms of exploring. And we only had really the weekend. So we thought, we're going to go out west to Ireland. There's so many amazing sites out there. And we went out to the Connemara area, which is um, just an area of a lot of beauty. And Kylemore Abbey is there. It's an incredible abbey. And it's just serene. So we were excited to go there and have this kind of relaxing time. So we loaded up the car, we headed out, um, we left after my husband got done with work for the day. So it was a little bit later. And by the time we, and the other thing I have to tell you is unless you're on major highways in Ireland, the roads are extremely narrow, especially out West, kind of in the country. So we're on some kind of smaller roads. It was dark out, it's narrow roads, they're twisty and turny. 
And the next thing we know is our oldest daughter is just throwing up everywhere. So mm. she started getting car sick. This is a very new development for us. Um, so of course we stopped, get her all cleaned up. And so that was thing number one. <laughs> and then we got to the hotel, everything was great. She was fine, we went on with our day. The next day came, we, we did some exploration. We were having a great day. And then towards the end of the day, we actually got a flat tire, <laughs> which we haven't had before. And my husband's super handy, but he's never had the occasion to change a flat tire before. So there we are changing our flat tire. We got that all resolved. And fortunately, we were able to buy a new tire before we headed back home because we didn't really want it. We couldn't drive on that small tire that comes with the car. So we got that resolved. So anyway, on the way home, we're stopping for lunch. We get home. Everything's great. And after being home maybe half an hour, I just said, I'm going to go upstairs. I don't feel well. I need to rest. So lo and behold, it, it, had to, it was food poisoning. I've never been so violently ill. I would never wish it on anybody. And I'm thinking, like, the rest of the family is doing great. I'll just hunker down here and deal with what I'm dealing with. Oh, no. Then I found out that my oldest daughter was throwing up everywhere. And then I found out my husband was throwing up everywhere. We all had come down with this horrible case of food poisoning. And at one point in time, and this, this might be, this is kind of the low of the whole trip, my poor daughter was sick throwing up in her sink in her bathroom my husband was throwing up in her toilet in her bathroom and I had the puke bucket throwing up on the floor in her bathroom and I thought I looked around and I thought oh my gosh this is just this day needs to end but it's the 12th anniversary that I think we'll never forget <laughs> everyone has those stories though and now it's kind of one of those things I was actually saying to someone the other day sometimes I think traveling's kind of like giving birth Oh. Like when you're in the moment, you know, not it's not all unicorns and rainbows and sunshine. Like somebody's throwing a fit, somebody gets car sick, someone's laying on the ground because they didn't want to eat whatever it was and they wanted chicken nuggets. And there's, you know, these things happen within the trip that you're kind of like, oh my gosh, really? But then you get back and a week later you're looking at the pictures and you think, this was all amazing. Every aspect of this trip was wonderful. <laughs> it's kind of like childbirth. You forget some of the pain and you have those incredible family memories that you hold on to. So, Did y'all narrow it down to what really had happened or where it came from? It was definitely food poisoning. Um, yeah. We have a couple thoughts about where it came from. Um, One might have involved oysters. That's kind of a notorious food poisoning oh. food. Um, so I'm not 100% ready to say it was that, but I don't know. And y'all stayed together as a family through the whole thing. Exactly. It's that whatever doesn't kill you, make you strong, makes you stronger thing. Are there any tips on traveling to the different countries with small kids that you would like to share with us? Yeah, I think in terms of tips... Um, the biggest tip is just go. I mean, I think a lot of parents, especially parents with younger kids, are thinking they won't remember it. It's going to be a huge hassle to travel with them. And maybe we should just wait until they're a lot older and it's easier, which is so true. When you're a little bit more self-sufficient, it's it's easier. From a, When the kids are more self-sufficient, it's easier. Um, but it's so rewarding to see 
the way their minds just expand when you expose them to these things that they, you know, could only have imagined in their dreams. So I would say just go, just do it. Book a trip, go somewhere. You can start out small. It doesn't have to be this elaborate, huge thing. Take a day or two somewhere. And then as you do that, you really learn a lot as a family in terms of what works for you, what doesn't work for you, what style of travel you like. Um, even my, even the things I pack in my day bag have really evolved from the first trip we've taken to kind of where we are today. And it's just all part of the learning process and kind of changing based on what's happening with your family. So first tip is just go. I think secondly, um, the more, and I have a lot of friends that say, oh, you go to a lot of museums and my kids are just terrible in museums. Like, how do you do that? And it kind of goes back to just go and travel. But if you don't go to museums, then it's hard to cultivate a love of art and it's hard to get your kids to a point where they enjoy museums. So kind of similar to the tip about traveling, just go. Just take some time and visit a museum and pick out three maybe pieces of artwork that you want to see and hopefully ones that you've kind of researched a little bit in advance. Have a lot of gelato after, play at the park after, but take it in small doses and keep doing it. Um, I think the other tip is just kind of be prepared and it's kind of a, maybe seems obvious, but especially as parents, I just actually did a post on Instagram with everything that's in my bag. And I was kind of thinking like, there's so many different situations I have to be prepared for at any given time. But when you are prepared, it just makes the whole thing go so much easier. So whether that's packing the types of medicine that your family would need or um, games to pe keep people interested if you're in kind of a time where you're killing time, those sorts of things, or snacks. I think the biggest thing is keep people fed and keep people um, well-rested. I've typically found when my kids are not hungry and they aren't tired, then things go a lot better. And that's true of, I mean, probably every kid in most every situation. So it's not anything revolutionary, but same would be said about traveling. Now, I saw that post and I thought that was really cute because all your posts before it, you can see the little backpack that your daughters wear. <laughs> and so I did like that post about this is what's in our bags because people do wonder, well, is that their all their belongings are in their bags or, you know, what is that? So I think that's really cool. So listeners be sure to check out her post about what's in her bags. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I've had so many people say, what, what do you have in there? What, what are you traveling with? So thought it was time. All right, Jay, I just want to thank you again so much for being on the podcast today and sharing your story and tips with us. Thank you so much, Penny. Good luck to you with all your future podcasts. And I just really enjoyed our time together. Me too. And listeners, be sure to join Jay and her family travels at Jules Family Travel on Instagram. Once again, I'll link it below. Also, follow along at Travel Loving Moms on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. You can listen to our podcast on Spotify and Anchor. Until next time, may your family be blessed and your travels be awesome.